this little phrase, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, from 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 5. And I wanted to just spend a little bit of time thinking about the tears of God's people. You know, God not only hears our prayers, but it's almost as if he, he takes a close look and he sees our tears. So he hears our prayers, but he also sees our tears. He takes a close look. And the way my mind works is that that communicates something to me. Tears communicate something to me. Uh, tears is, is something that is very hard to fake. Um, you know, we, we applaud the actor that can just turn on their tears and make it look real because it is so difficult to fake. Um, and that's, that's just the way we're made. It's just not something that we can turn on and off. But tears usually communicate something that's very deeply connected to our hearts. A, gr- a very great deep sorrow or a very great deep burden. Um, a care of some sort. A love. A hurt. And uh, usually when it affects us to a certain depth, the tears begin to flow. And so it's interesting to me just how the Lord notes that He not only hears our prayers, but He sees our tears. And like I mentioned just a second ago, um, in the last number of prayer times, some of us have, have become very broken and it's, it's, it's very touching when we can pray with others, and not only on a call like this, but when we've had the privilege of praying with others in person, there is a new depth when a brother or a sister enters into a real brokenness. There's a new depth to the time of prayer. There really is, and, and I think you understand that. And it's not really, and I want to be really careful here because we don't want this to become a, a superficial, fleshly thing because, boy, oh boy, it can be. It absolutely can be. Anything that's good can be, can be taken and hijacked and made into something that's not so good. But I want to share a couple of verses that I was looking up that have this idea of our tears. It's not just our words, you see. It's the engagement of our whole soul so that it actually creates emotion. So in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, we all know this, who in the days of his flesh, speaking of Christ, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Our Lord Jesus Christ had strong crying and tears in his prayer. That should be noted. 
It's something that we should desire. The Lord was not afraid to weep in prayer or at other occasions, as we know in John, where it says Jesus wept outside the, the tomb of Lazarus. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, we read about that father, and straightway the father of the child cried out, and said with tears that shouldn't be skipped over so easily he didn't just cry out he cried out with tears Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief and the scripture notes this because there is a certain level of real depth and heart and emotion that's tied to what this father was feeling and needing And that should be noted. The psalmist says in Psalm 56, verse 8, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? It's been a while now, but several meditations ago, somebody, I believe it was Jeff Bannister, dealt with this passage. How God puts our tears in his bottle. Maybe not literally, but there is a very strong symbolism here. Another psalm, Psalm 126, verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And I'm bringing all these verses out not just because we're doing a word study on tears, but I want us to feel the weight of the fact that the Bible talks about the tears of God's people and the strong crying. And we should make note of this because I think that it's it's too easy for us in our sort of perfect Christianity to not show too much emotion because... Um, I mean, we need to just hold it together. But there is a place for tears. Certainly in the place of prayer, when we're praying for loved ones and their eternal destinies. Uh, And you know, we can't put on tears for just anybody and everybody. But I believe the Lord brings us into these close-knit circles, usually families and others, so that we, there's a certain kinship and we, we can shed tears for them a lot easier. It wasn't everybody of whom the Apostle Paul said that uh, he wished that he were accursed so that his brethren, according to the flesh, could be saved. It wasn't everybody of whom he said that. He said that to his kinsmen, according to the flesh, And I do believe that the Lord puts us into these natural uh, circles of kinship with people, whether it's family or whether it's our fellow countrymen, in order for us to feel that and to have an elevated sense of, of, of a desire for them. And lest we think that this is only about the physical teardrops, 
I really believe that when we're talking about the tears, yes, it it may involve physical tears, but what we're really getting at, because you know, even tears can be faked, but we're, what we're really getting at is the heart, even as I was opening in prayer. And this is what the Lord is is after. You know, He's not impressed, I would have you, you know, He's not impressed by the fact that we have now been praying for, let me see, 511 days or however long it is. He's not impressed. What he is impressed with, if I can say it this way, is the heart. He wants to look beyond the surface of the number of days or even the fact that we're meeting here, and he wants to see right into the heart. And so, James chapter 5, verse 16, helps us in this to make sure that we're not just talking about physical tears, although that's part of it. Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that ye may be healed. For the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Again, this isn't talking so much about the tears or the volume of prayer or the energy All these things are important, but they can all be faked. We're talking about the heart. When the heart is fully engaged, then you have effectual, fervent prayer. When the heart is fully engaged with the full burden of what you're praying for, not just checking off a a list, make sure you get it in to your prayers and Somehow, the more repetition of, of, the, of the things uh, matter. It's about the full engagement of the heart. Now, this is difficult for us because we live in a world that swirls around our head with everything and anything to keep ourselves fully engaged. It's getting harder and harder and harder. And I suppose we... we could think that generations ago it would have been easier, less things to to take their minds away. Of course, they had their distractions too, but I believe now more than ever, it is a fight to fully engage in this effectual, fervent prayer. But it avails much. Look at how much we're losing by not giving ourselves to this exercise. And it's often reflected in our tears. So, my prayer for myself, and I trust it can be for you as well, is, Lord, teach me to have tears in my prayer. And what that means is, yes, I want to be able to weep, but I want my heart to be fully engaged. Jeremiah 9.1 is my prayer. Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. That's what Jeremiah was desiring, that his eyes would be a fountain of tears. Maybe they weren't, maybe they were dry. But oh, that my head were waters, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. There is cause to weep, but we can't put it on, like I I said before. We can't fake it. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, make my eyes 
a fountain of tears, so that it could be said of us, I have heard, Stephen, your prayer, and I have seen your tears. That's my prayer.